is Hard Place, a novel by R.A. Jacobson. Listener discretion is advised, contains strong language, violence, and some adult situations. Chapter 77. Mr. White has a trick up his sleeve. Judas straightened, weariness and defeat slipping from his shoulders, a smile played on his lips. Actually, I don't think I'm going back with you this time. I think I have other plans. Other plans? I don't think so. Stop being tiresome. Old Tom had stopped smiling. My curse could only be broken if I found all thirty silver coins. Yes, yes, but you only found twenty-eight. As they say, close, but no cigar. Well, look what I have here, Mr. White said as he reached into his pocket and pulled out two silver coins. He passed them to Judas, who smiled as he took them, relief washing over his face. It was obvious he wasn't completely sure his gamble would work. With tears in his eyes, he stared at his coins, then glanced up at Mr. White. For two thousand years, Judas had walked the earth searching for these coins that were the symbols, the very embodiment of his shame. He knew he deserved his curse. He did not deserve to be at the mercy of this creature that reveled in his misery, that relished his pain and torture. He thought back over the two millennia. He had come so close many times, each time the hope was snatched away from him at the delighted glee of old Tom. Then, a couple hundred years ago, he had a thought that turned into a plan. He would get death to help him. After all these years of studying, planning, and making deals, what he wanted, his greatest dream, was to simply rest to put down his burden, lay back, close his eyes, and finally die. Now, with these two chunks of stamped silver, he could do that. It seems I have fulfilled the terms of my curse, Judas said, a slight quiver in his voice. What? How? I knew where every coin was save one. Old Tom's perfect composure slipped. His face reddened as his body stretched, growing slimmer and taller. His fine suit began to shred as the body in it morphed. Yes, well, I've had this coin for some time now. I've kept it just for this moment. Judas had a second coin delivered to me, which told me he was ready. Mr. White smiled, calm and pleased. That's cheating, old Tom growled through teeth that had grown long and sharp. Ha! You're calling me a cheat. The devil himself is calling me a cheat. No, Judas, come with me. Any visage of a human body gone, replaced with something hideous and fearsome. Tall, thinner, made of shattered coal over a molten body that radiated heat and dripped red liquid stone with each step it took. The pavement beneath its hooves melted to puddles of black smoking tar. Yeah, I don't think so. Judas stepped to Mr. White's side, whose grin widened. The massive demon shook like a wet dog, splashing yellow-hot molten lava in great gouts. A shudder, and old Tom stood, a man in a fine suit once more in a puddle of liquid asphalt. This is not over. I will not forget, Mr. White, he said, his voice slick as blood on chrome. He smiled a smile laced with malice and vanished. I'm counting on it, Mr. White smiled. Yes! Judas laughed. 
After a pause, Mr. White considered the scene and gestured to a black tentacle writhing hole that had grown in the air behind him. Judas, shall we go? Judas stepped through, and Mr. White paused. Mary Lou, would you like to come with us? Mary Lou looked at Mr. White, fear in her eyes. Oh, no, Mary Lou, not to worry. I'll just get you home. You and I have an understanding. She stepped forward cautiously. I am sorry about Matt. He hesitated and glanced at Jacob. Unless you'd like to stay. Mary Lou stared at Mr. White, looked briefly at Jacob. No, I need to go home. She turned and stepped into the blackness. Mr. White nodded to Jacob, shrugged, and followed after her, the whole collapse writhing shut. As to your contract, it is still active and continued, no modifications or amendments. Mr. February spoke as the flies reformed him. Except now your contract is with old Tom, and not with the imposter. Fuck me! Where'd you come from? Jacob jumped. I never left. Have a fine day, Jacob. Mr. February took a step, his knees buckled, and he slumped into a cloud of flies. Jacob stood on the pavement, surrounded by wreckage. He was alone once again at the crossroads. Limping, he walked to where his boots stood upright and pulled it on. The GTO was a tangled mess that wouldn't be reforming anytime soon. Next to it in the ditch, its tires pointing to the sky, was what had been a fine-looking car, now an absolute wreck. Jacob looked at the dark underbelly of the oles. He could see the head and shoulders of a man that lay beneath it. He was beyond his help. Jacob watched as the man opened his eyes, pulled himself up, and struggled from under the car. He stood, looking bewildered and confused. At his feet, still pressed into the ground, were his own head and shoulders. For a few seconds, he stared at his body. Then he noticed Jacob and frowned and said something that Jacob could not hear. Jacob stepped closer. He could see the man's lips moving. He couldn't hear what he was saying. The man was getting increasingly upset. He moved toward Jacob, silently screaming. Jacob stepped back as behind the man, a crowd of people appeared, all focused on Jacob. The man stopped screaming when he noticed the multitude of silent, staring people beside him. Jacob swore as he recognized his recurring dream. Their eyes pleaded with him, but he did not know what they wanted. A straining noise startled him as Clyde, partially reconstructed, righted itself in the ditch, swinging mud and clumps of grass into the air. Clyde, Jacob said. Much of him was scorched black, the paint bubbled and charred. His left fender was still struggling to reform as a small strip of chrome quivered before attaching itself to the body. Large chunks of the grill were missing, and shards of glass grew in the window frame, like spider webs being constructed at high speed. Liquefied rubber, still stuck to the pavement, stretched in long, thin strips as a tire flopped back around the rim. Yep, looks like our contract's still in effect. Jacob turned back to the silent crowd. They were talking, but he could not hear their words. What the hell is this crowd all about? Jacob asked. I'm not quite whole, so it's still hard for me to see. But they look dead to me, Clyde said. No shit. What do they want from me? Not sure. They don't look happy. The crowd seemed to give up and walk away, vanishing. Jacob stared after them for several minutes. Sorry about Brian, Clyde said. Yeah, he didn't deserve to go that way. Jacob surveyed the crossroads. It was just a place, not evil. 
merely a place. It was what had been done here that was evil. This piece of pavement had claimed so much of his life. Clyde wasn't evil, Jacob chuckled to himself. If you can say a demon in a truck isn't evil, at least he was a Chevy C-10. Jacob walked around the hood, blistered paint smoothing as he climbed in. The bench seat was still blackened, and there was a strong smell of burnt plastic in the air. Okay, that's impressive. Fuck. You must have some sort of a horseshoe up your ass. You just had a meet with old Tom, and you're still here, Clyde said. Jacob turned the key, and Clyde's engine roared to life. Let's go back to the farm. That's a wrap for both Hard Place the Novel and for Season 2 of Stories from a Hard Place. I hope you've enjoyed it, and we'll come back in January for Season 3. Stories from a Hard Place is a narrative podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, R.A. Jacobson presents another chapter from Hard Place, read by the author. Opening music by Noah Zachran. Production copyright by R.A. Jacobson 2022. If you'd like to support Stories from a Hard Place, please go to patreon.com forward slash hard place. If you would like a book version, either ebook or print, you can find it anywhere books are sold, including your local library. You can find links to all these and much more at Dead Cat Studio. That's deadcatstud.io. Thanks for listening. Keep the shiny side up.